0: commanded us that (laughs) someone of us give the Bhagavatam class and this session we turn it into a question answer session and uh, so that's why we all are here all Prabhupada disciples those who are present here we decided that we can all sit together and uh, answer your questions so here is Sikhi Mahiti Prabhu Sikkimayati Prabhu is a wonderful devotee and had been serving Srila Prabhupada's mission as you can see, like he must have joined this con at a very young age. How old were you when you joined? Okay, I thought you were 15. <laughs> so, uh, he was just 18 years old and he committed himself very of Srila Prabhupada. And as the president of the temple, and right now he is a temple president. problem yeah. And Mother Malati, everyone knows her. Mother Malati is one of... Malati's contribution to is is... His price is extremely wonderful. Like Sri Prabhupada, you know, he set up... 2nd Avenue in Lower East Side, and then when it started to grow, 26th Avenue, soon after Prabhupada held his first initiation, where Mukunda Maharaj, Michael Grant, was initiated in the Das, and his wife Jenny became Janaki Devi Dasi, and Prabhupada suggested Mukunda Coast and open something in San Francisco because San Francisco was the, the center of the counterculture in America at the time. And <clears throat> Mukunda Maharaj went to the West Coast and on the way he stopped in Seattle and recruited four new devotees. <laughs> Those four new devotees were two of his friends. Ah, Shamshundar Prabhu and Gurudas Prabhu and their girlfriends at that time, Malati Mataji. not in the scene Oh, is it? Okay, okay. Gurudas one, yeah, correct, she corrected me. Gurudas Prabhu was not in the scene. So, it was just Shamshundar Prabhu and yourself and, yeah, Janaki and Mukunda. Yeah. <laughs> So so then they went, just four of them, not even six of them. They came back New York but okay, okay. She was there. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We'd like to hear it from you when your turn, turn comes. <laughs> yeah, tell the story. So she, <clears throat> They, just a handful of young boys and girls, opened the center in San Francisco near Haydashbury, near Golden Gate Park. And that was uh, really an uh, event that of Hare Krishna explosion. And then, not only that, these three couples, Mukunda Maharaj, Prabhu, Gurudas Prabhu, Malati Mataji, Janaki Mataji, and Jamuna Mataji, they went to London. And, uh, and yeah, mainly uh, George Harrison. Maybe if we have time, Mother Malati can elaborately explain that story and narrate that story. I mean, it's one of the most exciting things you can hear. And so, so this is how they went, like young, three young couples just went to London, started to preach and obvious, and they also went there just like Prabhupada. No money, no uh, condition, no, uh, no residence, no support, no patronage. They went and in total uncertainty they started uh, to preach there. And hardly any response they got. Until uh, Shamshindra Prabhu very accidentally, by not only accidentally, in Krishna consciousness we don't believe in accidents. uh, Like by divine arrangement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shamshindra Prabhu met George Harrison. And then, what happened is a history in the world of His God. Well, let me tell
1: you something else. <laughs> then the Hare Krishna mantra became the top of the pops, the number one song. And then they went to India. And they showed up in India, the same group. And I, j- I just, want, just want to say w- one thing, that, that Prabhupada had, had a Pandal program, and they were there. And there's a recording he, where he tells them that that uh, he his, his he, that he he tell, told everybody that his spiritual master sent sannyasis to the west and they couldn't do anything, but he sent three householder couples, <laughs> and there was a big success. <laughs> And then Prabhupada said at that time, so my spiritual master made sannyasis, I shall make householders. (laughs) But then later on, he had a little, became a little troubled by the (laughs)
2: householders.
1: Went back to sannyasis, but anyway, that's another story.
0: So Madhav Malati is uh, one of the first disciples of Srila Prabhupada and helped, assisted Srila Prabhupada in spreading Krishna Consciousness in the most wonderful way throughout the world and Mother Malati also is the first female GBC yeah. So Mother Malati yeah. <laughs> And Rukmini Mataji as you know, you already met her. She is also one of the first uh, disciples of Śrīla Prabhupāda. Like in the early days, she had uh, played a very, very important role in spreading Krishna consciousness and... Uh, and she is, as you can see, like she was a very, very wonderful devotee. Adiva! So, since Rukmini Mataji was supposed to be the speaker today. So I will request Mother Rukmini to begin the session.
3: Well, I think you'll all agree that I was not supposed to give the Bhagavatam class this morning. Wasn't it beautiful, Maharaj speaking about Lord Jagannath? We, on Rathayatra Day we all wanted to hear about Lord Jagannath and who better to hear about him from than Bhakti Swami. It was so so beautiful. So let's see. We were Malati and I were just actually I, I came to Krishna consciousness. I first came to the temple in San Francisco at that time. Malati was there. It was nineteen sixty eight. Malati was there, Shamsindar, all those devotees Maharaj was just talking about. In addition to that, there was Tamal Krishna Maharaj, Jan Swami, Jaipataka Swami, Madhudvisa, who else? Jayananda, who was quite a superpower-packed little temple on Frederick Street in Haight-Ashbury, the, the, the seat of the counterculture. You know, one seat was the Lower East Side of New York where Prabhupada first went by divine arrangement, and then the other seat was the Haight-Ashbury district of, in San Francisco, so Malati was there at that time. She was very kind to me. She took me under her wing, and um, wonderful time. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj was the first person to, to speak to me when I walked into the temple. No,
2: he did, he had...
3: Yeah, none of them were sannyasis. None of them were sannyasis. Actually, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, at that time, he had, he had not even shaved his head yet. And he had just come a few months before. And um, so I, I came into the temple. It was just after lunch prashad on a Saturday afternoon, and the devotees were kind of milling around. And, and I was just looking around. And um, actually, I'll go back a little bit that I, I had seen a Back to Godhead magazine and i i was I, I didn't realize this till many years later but i saw an early issue of a back to godhead magazine and i had been looking through so many spiritual books and nothing was really right i was looking for knowledge looking for looking for wisdom looking for truth and and uh, so many books it was just really that kind of neti neti experience and and there was this one magazine that I was avoiding that was on the coffee table of this house, and I, I found the art on the front to be very trite, and so I was avoiding it. It was one of the first issues of Back to Godhead. My artistic sense always gets me in trouble. So, so finally, out of frustration, I, I picked up this magazine, and there was a beautiful article by Brahmananda Swami about Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada had had a heart attack and he was leaving and they didn't know if they'd ever see him again. So it was, it was really full of sup- feelings of anticipation of separation. And I hadn't really realized till many years later that it was those feelings of love and separation that really brought me to Krishna consciousness. So then you know, I read that and I thought, I have to find these people. And so then I, I went and found the temple in San Francisco. But um, anyway, so Tamal Krishna Maharaj was the first one to talk to me when I walked in and um, I saw a picture of Lord Dev, and I said, oh, that's horrible.
2: <laughs> and he just
3: looked at me like I was insane and said, that's Lord Dev. All the devotees love Lord Dev." Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, and then he said, so what is the purpose of life? And I said, well, I'm interested in yoga. And he said, and what is the purpose of yoga? And I said, well to understand God, to find God. And he said, yes, so this is the way. And then he kept um, a very good track of me, made sure I was always coming by the temple. And, and then when um, this group of six was going to London, he, it was, it was very, he was very exemplary because he wasn't really thinking of you know, their little temple and, and how they were gonna maintain. He was, he was really thinking of my welfare so he was saying, well, after these six devotees leave, there's not going to be any good association for you here in San Francisco. So you should either go to, go with them to London, or you should go to Boston and, um, and paint with Jatarani, because I was in, interested in art. So he was saying London's going to be very difficult. They, don't, they have no temple there. They don't, they don't know where they're going, really. So I, I went to Boston after that. but." Malati was very, very kind to me during those early days, and she really made me feel part of the family, which is not an easy thing, you know, to make some outsider who feels very foreign and doesn't understand. So those are special devotees who can make someone catch hold and, and feel part of the family. So that was Malati did that for me. So
4: Krishna. Because you mentioned Tamal Krishna Goswami, I'll just tell a little pastime during that era. In that little temple there, which, um, you know, we'd always talk about our temples being jam-packed, just packed. And actually they were packed up, but if you consider the size of those early temples, it wasn't so difficult to pack them up because they were usually fairly small. You know, you see 26th Second Avenue is quite small. And then 518 Frederick Street, which was San Francisco, was a little bit larger, but not humongous. So, um, there was a young man who had been coming to the temple and um, Different young people had come. She mentioned most of them. And some of them, actually, they got to the temple from a place called Morning Star Ranch, which was a hippie commune north of San Francisco. And we had devotees had arranged for Shiva Prabhupada to go there because the head of that commune had some affection for chanting Hare Krishna. And this commune was not exactly um, you know, principled in the way we are principled. And during, you know, during fair weather, it was an option whether to wear clothes or not to wear clothes. So it was kind of an open, you know, an open mood there. Still they brought, you know. (laughs) People were dressed in the four directions. Anyway, um, back when they brought Prabhupada there, he came out of the car And uh, somebody jumped out of the tree. There was a tree, and this person, wearing the four directions and nothing else, except a big beard and bushy hair, jumped out of the tree right in front of him, you know? (laughs) And um, Prabhupada didn't react to it in one way or the other. I won't tell you that person's name, but
2: (laughs) when he (laughs)
4: <laughs> when he um, well, that person when he came to the temple, you know, he did wear clothes, of course. When you left, you know, um, when he came to the temple, though, he he stayed around, stayed around, and then he had this big bushy hair and beard. So devotees were trying to get him to shave up. So finally, he did shave up his hair, but he kept his beard for a little while longer. <laughs> he became a very nice devotee, and he still is a very nice devotee. Um, And he's having some health problems now, so... Although I'm not naming his name, you can send some prayers this way. And all of those people, they joined very strongly into the kirtan, though there was quite a number of them. So, one, one by one, they were kind of trickling back down to San Francisco. And then during that same time, we were trying to promote Krishna consciousness as broad and far as our little minds could perceive it for that time and um, we realized that we maybe wanted to extend beyond Haight and Ashbury the Haight-Ashbury area so we had rented a really really nice facility from the Universalist Unitarian Church and if anybody knows anything about the UUs They are wide open to anything. You don't even have to believe in God. You don't even have to believe in Jesus. Whatever you believe is fine. And it works well for us because they're very liberal, therefore, about renting their facilities, which are generally quite nice. So, um, we rented the facility and advertised in what we thought was an adequate manner. And even, you know, posters and Think we had a spot on the radio, so we were expecting this big, beautiful facility to be you know packed up. But when the program came, there were barely 30 people, and most of them, at least, you know, were the devotees ourselves. So we were feeling kind of badly about this. Um, Prabhupada was introduced to the empty, you know, empty chairs basically, but he's. Spoke as if the place was overpacked he spoke with such confidence and then afterwards um, he asked so are there any questions so one of the young men that had come from the ranch he raised his hand and he asked well what happens if you start this process what happens if you begin but then you don't finish and Prabhupada, was very happy that he asked the question, and of course he mentioned that Arjuna had also asked a similar question. And he gave the example of when you put your money in a bank account, um, as long as you don't touch it, it can remain at a certain level. But if you start to spend it, it'll decrease. But he said, whatever you put in your Krishna conscious bank account, it always stays. So even if you, don't continue, that will remain, and the next time, you know, and you pick up again and maybe in your next birth, you will start exactly from that same level. So then he turned to the young and said, so is that all right? And he said, yes. So that person became Tamal Krishna Goswami. <laughs> <clears throat> It was, yeah, I mean, some of the things, we didn't realize how exciting some of this was at the time because it was just what we did and we were doing it, but I remember going on these morning walks with Prabhupada at at Stowe Lake, and that was nearby at the Golden Gate Park. So one one time he asked, he stopped, and he asked, what is this? And this was like a pile of bird, you know, droppings. Which he knew it so sort of, you know, was identified and then so I said, So what does that mean? And everybody's trying to imagine something really esoteric, you know, what does it mean? And I know, some people a couple of people made some kind of attempt. And Prabhupada said, No, it means the bard and say bard. The bard is also attached to his home. So he was saying is discussing being attached, the bird is also attached to his nest and he's staying in that nest. (laughs) So on one of these walks also, um, the same person, Tamal Krishna, he asked Srila Prabhupada, are there any other pure devotees, you know, like you, are there any other pure devotees in the world? Prabhupada turned to Lapendra, who was on the other side, he said, so how many of us are there? And between New York and San Francisco at that time, they'd may be maybe about 35 devotees, 35 or 40. So Pendra answers, 35 or 40. And then Saprapa turns it to Tamakrasi, and goes, about 35 or 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at that time, there was another young lady um, besides Rukhini, um who had joined in a very um, wonderful way, because she got direct um, mercy from Srila Prabhupada. Uh, her brother had joined, he was 19, and his name became Krishna Das. And uh, at one time he was doing some service for Prabhupada, and Prabhupada gave him an envelope to mail, It was going to India. And he took it, but then he came back, he said, Swamiji, there's a, um, there's a hole in the envelope. It was like a little slit. And um, Prabhupada said, you know, indicating, they're just mailing, he says, but there's, there's a slit in the envelope. And Prabhupada looked at him and he said, know that all I do is perfect. And that was, you know, but he, he, he didn't say it with any arrogance, it was just a statement. Know that all I do is perfect. So, of course, you know, young 19-year-old Western mind trying to figure out why an envelope with a hole in it would be perfect. And Prabhupada, you know, then he, he said, this letter is coming, being sent from America to India. In India, if a letter comes from America, they'll open it up because they'll think maybe there's some money. So I've left a little opening so they can see it's only a letter. And this way, it'll get to where it's going. <laughs> does had a sister. Her name was Sarah, and she was um, just turning uh, turned 16. But she had a very, very um, hard life, really. His their mother, his mother, um, she had some kind of instability, and she didn't want that baby. So when she gave birth, fortunately she didn't have an abortion. So when she gave birth to the girl, she walked out of the hospital, leaving the baby behind. So, I mean, can you imagine if your mother had done that to you? Would, you know, be kind of painful, probably. And then she w- would keep her, she would, when the girl got a little older, she would keep her back from school and force her to go out and steal from stores, like to shop list. And because she would be absent from school, and of course, you know, she didn't develop a taste for school so much. So. All of her grades were very, very bad, very low grades. You know, from school, like uh, when the, her better grade would be like a D plus. You know, so, anyways, she some she from Krishna Das. She come in contact with Krishna consciousness and saw the first Macmillan Bhagavad Gita, and suddenly something awoke within her, and she wanted to come to the temple. But because of the mother, she wasn't getting too much ability to come very often. So Krishna Das asked, asked Swamiji Srila Prabhupada during a darshan, he said, um, is there something that can be done to help my sister? She wants to be with us, but, you know, the mother's not allowing. So Prabhupada thought for a minute, and he looks, he goes, perhaps Shama and Malati can adopt her. Well, so this would mean removing the child from the custody of the parent, uh, you know, parent, you know, she, and she did get, bad. Well, the mother had left her at the hospital, but things had been worked out, and particularly in California, they're very big on parental rights, parental custody, so, you know, but we weren't thinking like that at all. Minute Prabhupada said that right away, literally that day, I went to the courthouse, I found out how, to, how it, you know, if it could happen and what you had to do to make it happen. So we filed, you know, we went through the procedure. We had to have a hearing where the girl's mother and myself and my husband were present and the girl, Sarah, but she was kept aside and the judge interviewed each one of us separately. And then she came out, it was a lady judge, she goes, well, she goes, it's a little unusual that the father would be twenty, twenty-four, and the mother would be twenty-two or twenty-five, twenty-two, and we were young. He says, but I'm giving custody to them. And he gave full custody to myself and Shamsinder, full parental custody. So that, you know, Prabhupada's brilliance in thinking of, you know, this solution, and the fact that we would become, empower, <laughs> become empowered when Prabhupada would asked us to do something that was like, you know, not seemingly on the um, the map of reality, you know. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, because we were so eager, yes, we'll do that. We didn't consider, you know, nowadays you have all this strategic planning, and by the time you think of all the things, you're almost like, oh no, I can't do this. But, you know, um, by Srila Prabhupada's desire and our willingness to accept his desire, which, yes, it could happen. So she moved in with us and then she was initiated as Saradia. And uh, any of you are familiar with, I, I don't know, maybe one of these paintings here is by her. Huh? Yeah,
5: there may be one of these paintings. Radia, we just, oh, that's what yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so she became part of her family. And when we um, were going to the UK, she had the, um, she was, she could either come with us or go to Boston and learn how to paint, you know, further her, develop her painting under Jatarani. So it was a back and forth thing right up at the time in Montreal, were in Montreal before leaving. And the, the, the determining factor was a young brahmachari that showed up on the scene, <laughs> named by Kuntanath. And she um, kind of took a shine to him. And so she went to Prabhupada, she goes, Swamiji, Swamiji, um, there is this boy, and he says, what's his name? And she said his name, she goes, Prabhupada got right to him, he says, so do you want to marry him? <laughs> 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 they hadn't even spoken to each other, so based on that, and then he told her, but you have to finish school. So I'm mentioning that because when she joined the tent, when, when we got custody of her, she was thinking, now I don't have to go to school and you know, and I can stay with the, all day in the temple like everybody else, and, you know. So as soon as we got the custody, we told Prabhupada, he said to her, without, you know, without anything being said, he goes, you must finish school. So there was a school just a little bit down from the, about half a block, a block from the temple. I got all of her records with all of her bad grades and all the absenteeism, and I go down there dressed in a sari, you know, in lock and I, I want to enroll this student, and he goes, and he's looking at me like, how could I have it? Somebody old enough. And I, you know, I showed the court order, that I, I am the, you know, I am the person. So he looks through the file and he goes, says, you know, this doesn't look good, and I said, I just suddenly I stood up and said. You accept her, and I promise it'll be different this time. So he just said, all right. And she went to school every day in Asari and Tilak, and her grades went from Ds, F and Ds up to A's and B's. Perfect attendance. But still, she wanted to be in the temple, so Prabhupada was coming back, and there was a darshan. So during the darshan, um, first, you know, there was some nice talk, and then she, she said, Swamiji, the, she thought this was going to be it, and when, when he heard about this, he would tell her, no, no, you must not go to school. This is what she was thinking. Swamiji, 16, Swamiji, the boys are bothering me. And he goes, oh? He goes, yeah, she fell like, oh, you know? He goes, yes, they want to come and see me. And he goes, that's all right. <laughs> he says, they, and they wanted to come and see her after school. He says, so that's all right. He goes, when they, when they ask for your address, give them the temple address. <laughs> says, and that way, they'll see Lord Juggernaut. <laughs> so then a little later on in the, in the um, she asks another question. And suddenly he stopped he said, just see this young girl, how eager she is for Krishna. Then he turned to her and he says, if you like, Krishna will even kiss you.
2: <laughs> Anyways,
3: before the mic goes the other way, when Prabhupada was in New York uh, at 26 Second Avenue, he was talking about Saradhyaya. And he, that temple was mostly, um, you know, Young men who would become brahmacharis. It was there were not very many women there at all, and um, and the, there was a, really a different mood between 26 Second Avenue and and Heyda, the Frederick Street Temple in haight Ashbury. They were much more um, kind of in their heads, I would say. And San Francisco, 26 Second Avenue, they were more kind of in their heads, and the San Francisco mood was much more, you know emotional involvement and kirtan and all this kind of love and peace brother Malati just said so, so anyway Prabhupada was talking about Saradia this little girl in San Francisco to these uh, you know mostly young men in, in, at 26 Second Avenue and he said, he said there is one little girl in San Francisco and he put his hand to his head like this and he said she practically faints in kirtan laughter
5: I actually, um, I actually uh, never saw Siddha Prabhupada in person until um, July 1971 um, just the day before taking initiation and uh, I didn't realize at that time there was a rule that you only the temple presidents were supposed to write to Prabhupada um, you know to try to cut down on all these mail and things But I was trained by my mother to be polite and write thank-you notes, things like that. So after initiation, uh, I immediately wrote him a thank-you note. And I told him how Krishna had brought us to Krishna consciousness. And uh, I wrote it from the point of view, I said, He arranged so that in August 1967, we first, my husband and me, we, we first chanted Hare Krishna along with, I think it was mostly, must have been The Happening Record, whatever, that we had been at a wedding and uh, in August 67 and we heard, heard uh, the tape, everybody at the wedding chanted, a very hippie wedding in Philadelphia. And then I told him the next, uh, by Lord Balaram's mercy, the next summer um, that my husband Um, with some money he had earned um, uh, working in a a box factory uh, and tin can factory but he he cut the ropes uh, um, for the strings for tying them up and uh, I told him how uh, Prabhu was um, trying to work without being attached to the results and we um, I was concerned he would cut his thumb off thinking these things to pay attention to what you're doing, you know. <laughs> but that we had, um, that Lord Balaram, we had gotten him at a pier one uh, with some birthday and tin and uh, tin can factory. So I, I wrote all this to Prabhupada, and then I also told him how... Um, we had been sent up to fill up to new york to collect money that new york owed the philadelphia temple my husband was the um treasurer then and that this wonderful devotee uh, rupmini and also um, bhavananda who um, who was the temple president and didn't want to give the money to philadelphia um, somehow another by that arrangement we ended up taking Lord Jagannath and Balaram and Subhadra back to Philadelphia, and mostly by the mercy of uh, someone who had already been so kind to me. Um, that was Rupmini. She was the Pujari. And uh, I, I asked him, it I said like, I had heard how when we first speak or write to the spiritual master, we should first praise him, which I had done. And then I told him how we, uh, by Krishna's arrangement, we had become devotees and in initiation. And then also that you're supposed to ask a benediction. So I asked him for the benediction. I said, right now the, the Jagannath deities are in a closet. Um, you know, we just um, weren't very many devotees yet, um, at least initiated in Brahmins. So I asked for the benediction. I said, can you please give me the benediction that someday I might be able to, worship these deities, and take care of my family. Um, So I got that benediction without realizing uh, how hard it is, you know, (laughs) to take care of three deities. And two children, actually, Lord Jagannath appeared. Um, My oldest son was not quite two, you know, uh, (laughs) Yudhishthira. and then when we were, in, but when I will backtrack a little, when we were initiated, um, when Prabhupada gave us the names, my husband, uh, Ravinder Sarup Prabhu, and Ravindra Sarup. And we were given pieces of paper what the meaning, you know, what the names were. And it said Ravinder Sarup, uh, fulgent like sunshine. And my name, Saudamani, was um, lightning in the middle of the night. And uh, so Prabhupada answered my letter. He was so good, he answered all his mail by the mercy of the, his servants. And he um, was the only letter that I got from Prabhupada. It was actually to both of us. We had, we had right after the initiation, we were sent out um, on Wall Street, Street for Harinama to collect Dakshin. And we were initiated, the first group, because it was 10 days and we had two kids with us, which is always a problem. Um, in those days, people didn't, not too many people had children, so get us initiated and out of town. <laughs> um, and Prabhupada wrote back and he said, um, oh, when we got back to Philadelphia, we continued to collect dakshin, we went out one day. And we collected, I think it was $17 and something, you know, for all day, <laughs> going and asking, would you please give alms for our guru? And people had no idea what we were talking about, you know? <laughs> but we, he wrote back, thank you very much for your guru dakshin of $17. He was very specific, I don't remember the sign, and he said, he said, so um, he said, um, so, um, he said you are an intelligent girl. He, he called me intelligent, so... I always
1: tell people she had it in writing.
5: Yeah, I mean, I used, I used to tease my godbrothers, you know, like, um, things like, I don't know what to do. You know, on the one hand, you're saying the scriptures and the women are less intelligent. And I said, so, you know, um, but my Guru Maharaj, their Guru Maharaj, too, he actually called me intelligent. So I'm... It's very bewildering when <laughs> you And he, he referred to my husband, and and, your, and um, he's a good soul. He didn't, you know, call him the intelligent one. <laughs> the same thing happened with um, Padumna and Arundhati. When their son was born, someone said, oh, he's a very intelligent boy. He must take after his father. <laughs> Prabhupada said, no, he takes after his mother. <laughs> he added, she is more intelligent. <laughs> but we won't say that in my case. But <laughs> no, no, in their case, but I'm saying in my case. <laughs> and it's, it's, um, he, he said, so um, you and your husband um, should preach Krishna consciousness together. And um, I, I don't think we've really done that yet. I mean, he's preaching Krishna consciousness. I'm taking care of deities and stuff. I'm hoping that by the mercy of the devotee, sometime we can actually do this together. Uh, because the sunshine, as you know, when the sun is shining, um, um, any light in the sky, even the moon, you don't see it. So I, it's like uh, musically, there's uh, t- tibra, tibra. Is that what it is? So. Yes, so when being around the sunshine, um, it's very difficult um, to uh, produce any light. <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's fine. And uh, I don't, um, I, uh, when I was asking Maharaj last night, was it just Haridas um, Thakur, I saw how He was the Namacharya, and yet he never um, protested his position as a Muslim or something, um, because I had that wonderful experience of waiting in 1975 for Prabhupada's car to come from Calcutta out to Mayapur. And it was late. They had stopped to have something um, where the mangoes grow, the garden there. And I saw how we were all waiting at the gate for Prabhupada to arrive. And finally, we saw a group of cars coming. And um, of course, everybody was there um, you know, chanting. And Prabhupada was ushered into the temple room. It was such a crowd, a huge crowd, um, all like you know trying very hard to get in right as close to him as possible. And I watched. Um, Pishima, his Prabhupada's sister, she got out of the car and she went up right near um, Radhamadhava, the front of the temple, right near the deities. There was a speaker, you could hear Prabhupada speaking. And I said, well, that's so intelligent, you know, I mean, it wasn't all squished in, could hear him and speak. And so I I think that it's, for me, I'm not saying for anyone else, uh, whatever, um, difficulties, or I never um, minded taking that um, darker role or whatever.
1: People
0: have heard from me. Yeah, Sura Prabhu is suggesting that you all have heard Ravin Prabhu and me, so Let's hear those who have spoken as yet. <laughs> Sikhi Mahiti Prabhu."
6: Hare <laughs> Krishna. I don't get a chance to hear from them much, so, it's, you know, you get i I'm sitting here, so I wish I was there You get better attention to hear the, isn't it? <laughs> <Okay. clears throat> um, I guess I can speak from the point of, I came in the movement, of course, around 1974. And these great souls had the fortune of being there in the beginning. Sometimes I kind of, this thought comes to my mind. Uh, you see a lot of the leelas of Krishna described in the uh, Adi, Madhyam, and Ancha, three parts. So, and they all have their specific task. And I can remember in 74, of course, about that time, everything is pretty much going the way Prabhupada wants in terms of what he's expecting the movement to do and it's just a question of fitting into it so whereas that lead in the beginning it's everything is forming uh no books practically speaking no money for sure (laughs) but a lot of direct association with Prabhupada so things grow pretty well so the letter writing i know right away since i came i go i went to don't bother Prabhupada, there's enough devotees. Here, who are gonna answer your questions. So it made perfect sense. You know, we're, it's a mission, we're working, we have things to do, very specific. At that time, of course, the books were being emphasized. This was Prabhupada's main mission. And <clears throat> I think I came at the time where they, they, they were stacking up, but they were beginning to be sold, especially the hardbound books. It was a difficult thing, because you can imagine America not like nowadays, I go in my dhoti, and I have people walk up to me very respectfully, at least in Philadelphia. I'm really surprised. Many people always, oh, are you a monk? Could you tell me? So I always keep books with me. So Chicago was a little harder city, and you can imagine in the 70s especially, they see you and they go on the other side of the road. Or they look at you with disgust, like something is wrong with you. What is wrong with you? You're in America, why are you dressed like that? Yeah, Is that your yeah. Well, oh yes, the cow, uh, cow slaughter capital of the world. Until I can't remember the devotee went there first, but he, it was kind of coincidental. Well, it looks coincidental, but as soon as the preaching began, that slaughterhouse closed. I remember selling books that you could still smell the stench after all those years, still. Even after being closed four or five years, they killed so many cows. It was an amphitheater for concerts. So. But anyway, point I'm trying to bring it up to is that I remember thinking myself, you know, I want to get that personal association with Prabhupada. So you knew in order to do that, you had to do something extraordinary. Then he would recognize you, call you. So it's a lot more difficult because there's so many devotees. So what are you gonna do? And they already done all the extraordinary things. <laughs> so to really go above that, I don't know, it was, seemed impossible, practically speaking. But anyway, we, we worked and we were one of the books, someone figured out how to do it. It wasn't a conventional way that you would think, let's go out, be respectful, and Hare Krishna, this is Krishna, nobody would buy one. So you had to be a little more of a salesman, a little more pushy, and hey, give a donation, what's it about, you can read about it later. <laughs> that pretty much was my line in those days, because if you try to, if you say Krishna, forget it, I'm Krishna. So you just kind of pushed it, push it on. I mean, the books were going up, Papa was happy. Some is that money's going to India, because even in India, oh they're hippies or it's CIA. So it seemed impossible. But anyway, going back to the knowledge of the Leela, still when you think, I always thought, wow, I'd really like to do some pioneering work. You yeah? know? And uh, <clears throat> because in that situation, what you get, you're totally dependent on Krishna, and then you see Krishna in action. So imagine how many, much realization you get from that, you know? So <clears throat> I'm going to tell this story. Maybe you can correct me, Molly, but I heard that. I asked her once when she went, I said, you had no money. So obviously, they had no place to stay. Where did you sleep? And you may not be aware, but she was first child in this also. That baby went too. And I said, where did you sleep? She said, in the subway station, in a box. <laughs> So who would do such a thing? You know, you land there, you got no money, you don't know what you're gonna do. You got a baby, and you're in a subway station, in a box, and you get up in the morning, and no books, and your know, Krishna's God, Krishna's, you know, just start talking to people on the street. You know what I'm so only out of full realization of love for Prabhupada, who is Krishna conscious, would someone take such a risk, you know. So I think it's kind of missing nowadays in this kind. You know, it's kind of more budget than these days. You know, know, this Kirtan festival, this one, that one. And it's nice. Whatever you do in Krishna consciousness, it's so nice. But if you want to get that higher taste, it's like you hear that little bit of her sleeping in a box. You can taste that, can't you? So we have to be prepared to do the extraordinary to push on Krishna consciousness. You know, Especially in the West, I don't know. Some Maya seems to be punching back we're, we seem like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know how many you know about Muhammad Ali, the boxer. Yet this thing looked like he was about to lose, and then he would. Pow! So <clears throat> we're all getting older, and it's your turn to, you know, think like that. It's impossible. It uh, doesn't exist. It's only there, and we can learn to be Krishna conscious in it. You have to be in a very impossible situation to see Krishna. You know, look at Ramachandra, he had monkeys and he's fighting Ravana. right? And the battle for the Kuryasatra, Arjuna Krishna is a chariot driver. You know, that means he's the first one killed, generally. They shoot the chariot driver first, right? <laughs> Grandfather Bhishma is on the other side. So Prabhupada coming to America, old body, and even in India they're thinking, oh, these are meat eaters, malachas, well, what are they going to do? They're not pious enough to do anything. But out of that love and perseverance and taking on greater responsibility, we can you see Krishna in that. So, but that takes us individually doing it. That's what pure love means. There can't be the motivation, which means you have to motivate yourself and do it. Through the association, like we're hearing and we see the examples of these devotees. And let's let's push that way. So <clears throat> One since I came to Philly, mainly because of uh, all the work Ravinder Swoop and his wife had done and uh, got some nice, pass- nice pastimes for Juggernaut. If you get a chance and you can sit with them and you hear the story of those deities, You know, it was very, very nice how they came and, and all the service that was done there. So, <clears throat> to be able to come behind a great soul and try to continue. So that was my well, I was actually on my way to Mayapur, I figure I deserve a two, three year break. I never had a chance to stay in Mayapur, India for a year. So let me do that and hear and chant. And, but I guess Krishna had other plans and trying to get the mercy of the devotees and rendering service that way. So I'm just encouraging everyone that way also. You have to push yourself, take some risks. Can't just feel well, I'm a householder and I have to work and I have family. Many householders are doing so many wonderful things. There's a, her name is Mangala Artik. You know, how many people know her? She's in Toronto, and she's, uh, her husband works. She was working, and she does this huge Bhakti Lounge program, making so many, she's an Indian lady. She's making Western devotees, you know? So uh, you have to think like that and just, and then you'll see Krishna in the midst of all those things. So anyway, a little message like that. Few pastimes, but I can tell you they're not as extraordinary. Most of them were in hope. Uh, One thing to mention, I guess you could say, Bhakti True Swami, great inspiration to me. In 1998, he may not remember, but something he said to me that really set me on fire again. I'll tell him later. (laughs) You came to Atlanta once, and uh, he also came. I guess it's 76, 77. And at the same time, Prabhupada was trying to make everything very, you know, secure. So practically speaking, no more sannyas. At one point, he didn't even want to give marriages anymore because everything wasn't working so well. But uh, I took my Brahmin and at that Gopranim and Maharaj was telling me, Oh yeah, I got my first and second at the same time at that time. So I was kind of amazed at at least being in the same room there at the time with him. And then a few months later, Prabhupada gave him sannyas of course, because he could recognize you know, the, the impact March would have on this movement, and we see that, even though maybe he's not from 1969, but the impact and, that he has on helping the movement spread with a lot of monumental achievements and also keeping everything together. He's one of the first, when I came, like, I need somebody to visit to encourage me and everybody else, he came immediately, even though the schedule is so packed. So. I feel guilty in asking a lot of these big martyrs, Gopal Krishna so many. Everybody's every time you see them, they always come come come, isn't it? So but he, he came immediately and I greatly appreciate that service. Oh I was in Africa, it was uh nineteen eighty to eighty three with uh, Bhakti Tirtha Brahmananda. It was nice too, got to have a lot of personal talks with Brahman, a lot of nice stories i'll tell one quick then i'll pass the mic of him maybe you've heard how he i think he was probably the first to go to pakistan many really, of really you heard that story practically speaking it was some trouble and and Saint had been kicked out of his car and he was telling me he was just praying he says i didn't do anything wrong <laughs> i just want proper to love me you know and he was in florida they're starving to death They more or less started the preaching in Florida. And he said, finally a telegram came from Prabhupada. He was in India at a Pando program. Someone had challenged Prabhupada, why are you telling us all these things? We already know about Krishna. Why don't you go to Pakistan and preach to those people? (laughs) He said, you're challenging me? I accept your challenge. That was his reply. So he sent a telegram to Brahmananda. Go to Pakistan immediately. (laughs) And he's in Florida. So him and Gargamuni, Gargamuni said he had enough money to get to Pakistan, Brahmanan had enough just to get to England. And from England he walked and hitchhiked. Can you imagine such a thing, a sanyasi dress, cartels, all the way to Pakistan, Karachi, civil wars going on. When Prabhupada heard there was a civil war he tried to stop it but it was too late because you know no internet, no text messaging in those days, it's just letter writing. He sits down in Karachi and he's, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And he says the Muslims are just shocked. This Hindu white person chanting him. He said he would just spit in his face and wipe the Tidak off with their thumbs. Put knives through his throat. And he just said, Hare Krishna. I said, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> I would even save some money, get an apartment, round trip ticket. He said, "Prabhupada said, do it immediately. That meant now." You see the mood. I said, "I still couldn't get it." He said, "We saw Prabhupada doing the same thing." So they had that faith. They really had that faith to act in that way. So that kind of faith leads to pure love of Godhead. So. When you get those opportunities, take them. You know, don't look at it as being impossible. Well, you know, it's a graduate process. I'm a householder. I can't do. No, figure out how to do it, and then you make rapid advancements like that. You see, so you can imagine how pleased Papa proper... was. So he said, actually, the best instruction he got was after that was he got a telegram that said, "Leave Pakistan immediately." <laughs> 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 and he went back to Bombay and Shri Srila Prabhupada when he saw him enter got up from his behind his desk. I don't know if you were there at the time or not, or, and embraced him and he was rubbing his head with tears in his eyes. See that's perfection. You know, now you know Krishna is So we should strive for those moments to do something extraordinary. So everybody in this room is extraordinary, so let's do something extraordinary for Iskandar and Prabhupada. Hare
2: Krishna.
0: Hare Krishna. Krishna. (laughs) Actually this session was supposed to be question (laughs) 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 answered. Question answer session. But I was just thinking like, the discussions about Prabhupada is so enlightening. I think this is the most most engrossing and most enlivening, at least for us, because when Prabhupada's devotees speak about Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada really becomes alive through them. And they literally visualize what Srila Prabhupada has done, how Srila Prabhupada affected so many souls at that time. Those who had no inclination towards spiritual life actually. Mm-hmm. They they just they just came to spiritual life <laughs> because of their attraction to Srila Prabhupada. And that's how how wonderful Srila Prabhupada was. Like uh, when Sikhimaiti Prabhu told that he came late in '74, I was thinking, <laughs> I came even later. <laughs> I I joined this con in '76, and I read the Nectar of Devotion, and practically from the very first page, I felt that this is what I was looking for, and then I had a dream of Srila Prabhupada. The next night I had a dream that, actually I was searching for a guru and I got completely disillusioned, completely disappointed searching for a guru in India. Anyway, so when I practically gave up any hope of finding a guru. At that time I got this nectar of devotion and I just felt that this is what I was looking for. And the next night I had a dream of Śrīla Prabhupāda. I saw Śrīla Prabhupāda was sitting on a throne. It appeared to me like a throne because in India sadhus generally don't sit on elaborate seats. They simply sit on simple asanas and Sometimes it may be deer skin or tiger skin. <laughs> but here Prabhupada looked like sitting on a throne and there was a brilliant light coming out from him. And so I just I had a profound feeling that now finally I found my spiritual master and I offered obeisances to him, didn't ask anything, didn't say anything. It was a very, very vivid, vivid dream as if it was real and then I went to Calcutta temple and I asked where Śrīla Prabhupāda was and I was told that Prabhupāda was in America at that time and so I thought already I was reading the Nectar of Devotion and I was getting all kinds of ideas about vrindavan and like visiting temples, like how a devotee leads his life in Vrindavan. So I was envisioning that. So I thought that I'll go to the places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes and Krishna performed his pastimes. First I'll go to Mayapur and few places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes and then go to Vrindavan. Thinking that the first place I went to was Mayapur. And I arrived in the evening and the whole atmosphere and all the devotees were so welcoming and so captivating the atmosphere was that uh, the next morning I shaved up and threw away my uh, clothes in the Ganges, took a bath in the Ganges and well that's how it all happened. And then I was waiting for Śrīla Prabhupāda to come back and then I got the news that Prabhupāda came to Bombay. So I told Bhavananda Maharaj that uh, I wanted to go to Bombay to see Śrīla Prabhupāda. So he said, look, in Bombay nobody knows you and besides that Prabhupāda is quite sick. So I don't think you'll be able to meet Śrīla Prabhupāda even if you went to Bombay. Rather you wait here, Srila Prabhupada is going to come here and then you will meet him. So I just accepted. Uh, and, but then he got the news that Prabhupada went to Kumbh Mela in Allahabad, in Prayag. So I... Uh, and then a group of devotees were going to Prayag, to Allahabad, to Kumbh Mela. At that time, Guru Gripa Swami also was in Mayapur with his uh, very impressive group of devotees called Namhatas. (laughs) So we all traveled in a bus, the Namhatta group. And they were wonderful devotees, actually, but very aggressive and very, very enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we went to, we, in a bus, we traveled to Elabad and as soon as I arrived I just went to the tent where I was supposed, to, I was assigned to stay with a group of Namha devotees and so I just put my bags there and I just wanted to go and see Srila Prabhupada and so, <clears throat> there was one area which was barricaded with a wall of corrugated tin sheets and Prabhupada's tent was there and there was an entrance. On the, in the entrance there was a big bodied western devotee guarding the gate and so when I tried to go in, he stopped me, he said, uh, nobody goes in there now. <laughs> and, He said, in the evening Prabhupada will give darshan, then at that time you come here. Little disappointed, but at the same time understanding that we can't just walk into Srila Prabhupada's tent like that. And so I just kind of little disheartened walking back. And then I saw Bhavananda Maharaj was going with a basket of vegetables that he brought from Mayapur. Uh, And so he was carrying that big basket full of vegetables and he saw me, he said, come, uh, we'll go and see Śrīla Prabhupāda, we'll go and go to Śrīla Prabhupāda. So I just, uh, he was practically running and I also ran after him. (laughs) And we walked past that uh, gate, (laughs) the guard on the gate. And, but the mistake I made where Babananda walked into Prabhupāda's tent I just saw Prabhupada from outside, that he was sitting behind the desk and I offered obeisances from outside. And then when I tried to go in, Ramesha Maharaj was there.
2: <laughs>
0: and he said, Don't go in now, Prabhupada is taking prasad. <laughs> so again, disappointed, I left. I <laughs> And and by the time I realized that going close to Srila Prabhupada is not easy. And I could understand Prabhupada had thousands of disciples those days. I mean, how can uh, Prabhupada give so much time to everyone, especially to a newcomer like me? And anyway then, from then onwards, in the evenings I was getting, going to the tents. Darshan, having the darshan of Srila Prabhupada. And it was brilliant actually. One incident I remember from there, how, just to give you an idea how brilliant Prabhupada was. <clears throat> sometimes You see, Indians sometimes can be quite cantankerous, you know. <laughs> so here is this very well dressed. Uh, wealthy looking person and he was challenging Śrīla Prabhupāda why he was building so many temples because Vrindavan temple was just opened around that time. In 74 the Vrindavan temple was opened and it was uh, and it it created quite a sensation all over because it's such a beautiful temple in Vrindavan. So his point was Like, there are so many temples needing renovation, needing repair. uh, Like probably he meant in Vrindavan. So why are you building new temples when there are so many temples needing repair and renovation? Prabhupada didn't answer him directly. Prabhupada asked him, who is that lady sitting next to you? (laughs) So, he said, well, she's my wife. <laughs> then Prabhupada dropped a bombshell. <laughs> Why did you <we> get married? <laughs> so he was completely flustered. <laughs> you know, he could, didn't know what to say. <laughs> then Prabhupada said, you got married in order to have children. kriyate <laughs> One accepts his wife to have children. Now why have children? Don't there are so many children loitering in the streets. <laughs> and then Prabhupada told him, just as you want to have your own children, devotees want to offer their temple to Krishna. I mean, this is how brilliant Shla Prabhupada was. <laughs> and, Anyway, so it was so exciting just to see Srila Prabhupada in the evenings, And also in the mornings, Prabhupada used to give darshan and Guru Puja used to be there. Prabhupada sometimes used to give Bhagavatam class. One time a roaring kirtan was going on during Guru Puja time, and just in front of Prabhupada's tent, about 250 devotees dancing in ecstasy. The devotee who was leading, was very nicely leading the kirtan. And then all of a sudden he started to sing, Bhaja Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And Prabhupada just screamed and stopped the kirtan. And he shouted, where did you learn this Bhaja Hare Krishna? He said, did you ever hear me sing Bhaja Hare Krishna? Where did you learn? And then Prabhupada told that Hare Krishna Mahamantra should be chanted just as it is. No addition, no subtraction, just as it is. Nowadays, of course, we don't hear devotees chanting Bhaja Hare Krishna, because those days, there was a tendency to chant Bhaja Sri Krishna Chaitanya. After that, Prabhupada stopped that also. Just Jaya, Prabhupada started, Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Mm. And, <clears throat> but still, uh, sometimes we hear devotees ch- chant, Bolo Hare Krishna or something. And it occurs to me at that time that Prabhupada wouldn't actually appreciate that, that just Hare Krishna Muhammad, nothing, uh, no addition, no subtraction. And then one day, all of a sudden, we got the news that Prabhupada was going to leave Elabad, Kumbha Mela. So anyway, we got the news that Prabhupada was going to leave, so just accepted it. Little while after that, Bhavananda Maharaj came to me and said, Prabhupada is leaving today. I said, yes, I got to know that already. And he said, Prabhupada will be traveling in a, by train and uh, a small group of devotees will be accompanying him. And then he added <laughs> that you have been added in that team. <laughs> I could understand that he must have uh, orchestrated that because he was, actually he has helped me a lot in my spiritual life. So, Then in the evening the train started, all these devotees came to see Srila Prabhupada off and I felt really somewhat proud (laughs) that I am travelling with Srila Prabhupada (laughs) in the same train. (laughs) And and I remember when the train started to move, devotees were standing (laughs) and I started to wave. (laughs) The uh, train started to move <coughs> at night. And it started, I think, at around 9 o'clock in the, at night. And soon after that, we all went to Crest. The next morning, <coughs> I was chanting, sitting in my compartment. It was a first class carriage that was reserved for Shilapro. Actually, this carriage was hooked onto a Calcutta bound train. Uh, because uh, there was no way we could arrange so many seats in, in that train. So I think they used some influence and got this entire first class carriage to be hooked onto this train. And we are traveling in that. I was chanting in the morning. <clears throat> Bhavananda Prabhupada came and he told me, Come, I'll take you to Sri Prabhupada. Now, all these years, I was dying to meet Srila Prabhupada. But when he came and told me, come on, take you to Srila Prabhupada, knowing that Prabhupada is in the next compartment, the compartment after that. I mean, I don't know, something happened. I started to feel as if I'm not at all qualified to go near Srila Prabhupada. And Bhavananda Prabhupada could understand. So he took me by my hand. He grabbed my by my hand dragged me through the corridor, opened the gate to open the door to Srila Prabhupada's compartment and pushed me in. <laughs> and I fell flat offering obeisance. And when I <clears throat> got up I saw that Srila Prabhupada was looking at me. And then Prabhupada motioned, asking me to sit next to him. There in the first class compartment in India you have two rows of seats facing each other. So in one seat, there were Jaipataka Maharaj, Rameshra Maharaj, and Bhavananda Maharaj. Abhiram Prabhu, who was the temple president of Calcutta at that time, he was sitting on the floor. And Prabhupada was sitting on this asana, on this seat, and Shira Prabhupada asked me to sit next to him. So I said, Prabhupada, I just sit on the floor. And Prabhupada said, no, you sit here. So I folded the blanket that was spread over Prabhupada's seat and sat on the corner. And then after some initial exchanges, Srila Prabhupada told me, you translate my books into Bengali. And that service actually gave me the opportunity to come very close, I mean stay close to Srila Prabhupada, come to Srila Prabhupada whenever I wanted, because I had the excuse that I had to show the translations to Srila Prabhupada. Then eventually Srila Prabhupada uh, wanted me to answer his letters in Bengali and Hindi, and then Prabhupada made me the secretary for Indian affairs and asked me to move with Tamal Krishna Maharaj in the room next to his in Mayapur. And that way I had this good fortune of coming very close to Srila Prabhupada at a time when even to just come to Srila Prabhupada and have a darshan of Srila Prabhupada for five minutes was very, very rare. All glories to Srila
6: Prabhupada. Just to highlight that, like I mentioned, I came in '74, so I saw Prabhupada in '75. So, at most, we realized what we could do. The new devotees was to fan Prabhupada with the peacock while he fan while he's giving class. So, '75, there's probably 100, 150 devotees there, and there was a fight. You know, hurry up! The class is going to end. You know, just fan faster. People were waiting because they wanted least to do something. <laughs> and you could get close, at least look at them because you're a little closer. And, you know, you were, it was funny because I thought then, I was thinking, wow, at least I got that much of I don't know why even Darsh will forget it. Morning won't forget. Maha, you didn't see Maha. So, but I got stories about how I got Maha at Mayapur. But anyway, such a thing. But, so, but everyone was thinking the same way let me do something so that Prabhupada will call me. And then I'd see him. So there's a big push for that. At
4: you, could I say uh, one small thing? You were mentioning about the kirtan, the bhaja um, in Newel N- Mayapur, New Mayapur Temple. Srila Prabhupada was in his quarters, and he heard a kirtan from down below. And the devotee who was singing was singing "Bolo Hari Krishna Krishna Hari Hari Rama, You know, "Bolo Hari." Prabhupada sent someone down, stopped the kirtan, called that devotee up. His name was Prithiputra, and said. Who has taught you like that? Maha Mantra is perfect as it is. And again, no addition, no subtraction. And I think this needs to be more broadcast today because you hear so many, what we can frankly say, are deviations from the standard Prabhupada's given to us.
0: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Vandamalti. Yes, we have to educate our devotees in that way. But sometimes they don't want to listen. You know... <laughs> no, I'll tell you, like once somebody was singing Bolo Hare Krishna, and I told him that about that incident. He said, well, Prabhupada said that about Bhaja Hare Krishna, not Bolo Hare Krishna. <laughs> That's
1: a Bolo story, yeah, right? Oh, well, we just have a few minutes now. L- let, me, let me just... Uh, I'll t- tell a story that uh, brings together Prabhupada and, and Jagannath here. Um, that was sort of short, shortly to come out. Um, when we finally installed it, we installed the J- Jagannath deities had been in the closet in Philadelphia for one year, and then we, the ones, the ones that are here, these ones that I brought that down from New York, uh, sent my wife and child. Back, back on the train and t- t- took the, the deities in a, in a Volkswagen with the back seat down. You could fold down the back seat to the, the Beetle, yeah. So any, anyway, we installed the, the, the deities. And for a long time, uh, we, we had, until 76, we were the only Rathiyatra on the east coast of the United States. So one thing that had happened in uh, 1974, Prabhupada had started a political party called the In God We Trust Party for Purified Leaders. And I was one of the people that was recruited by him to to run for political office. And so we were doing it. Rupanuga uh, uh, Maharaj at that time was was in charge of it, and Balavanta had started it uh, in, in, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, with uh, uh, somebody was uh, running in New York, somebody was running in in, in, uh, Dumbledore in in the D.C. area. So I was in Philadelphia, I was uh, collecting signatures to to get on the ballot in in, in, in Philadelphia. It was cutting edge preaching. We had our own magazine called the the New World Harmonist. It was, Prabhupada was talking about it all the time things like that and then he changed his mind Uh, uh, I I think retroactively I learned that uh, if you're a religious organization in America and you're a tax-exempt you can't directly engage in politics and we would have to separate these two things apart Uh, and so uh, in the middle of all this stuff and I just collected enough signatures to get on the ballot a letter came from Srila Prabhupada uh, saying uh, to me that to immediately stop all political preaching. So I was kind of shocked by this, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine. But uh, uh, he said, We cannot have separate men money, we'd have to make two separate things separate from Ms. Khan at that time. And he We cannot have these two separate things. So just stop all this political preaching. So I told my people, everybody was crushed and disappointed. And I just wrote Prabhupada a letter back saying, I've stopped all the political preaching. We've, we've stopped it. I sent him a picture of our Jagannath deities on the altar. And I, I said, uh, here the, here's some pictures of our, our, our deities in Philadelphia. And I asked him to come the next year, if he could come the next year. He could come that year actually, it was 74. Come for Rathayatra. And that was the letter. So I get a letter back from Srila Prabhupada. He said, I've received your letter. Thank you for stopping the po- political preaching. And thank you very, very much for the wonderful way you are worshiping Jagannath there in Philadelphia as I can see by the pictures you have sent. And then he went on to describe how as a child in Calcutta he was also doing the and now he's so happy to see that the Western disciples are doing it. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then he said, thank you again a thousand times, like, like a thousand times for the way you're worshiping Lord Jagannath. Uh, and I cannot come this year, but I will come next year. Uh, and that was the letter I got. And so then, when I went to Mayapur uh, 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 at the beginning of uh, the next year, Prabhupada set up his schedule, and yeah, he'll come to Philadelphia for for Rath Yatra. uh And because he had promised, uh, and so you know, we made a bigger festival, and we uh, anyway, we have all these plans. and Time is running out, so. So, and then, Prabhupada, he, he went to different radhiatras that year, and before us was Chicago. And they had planned to keep Prabhupada for the next weekend in Chicago, because the Radha damodar bus party was there with all their uh, Gornitai deities to be installed, and all these initiations. Yeah, and they asked Prabhupada, to cancel coming to Philadelphia so he could stay and do this. And Chicago called me up and said, no, you better change your Rathayatra time because Prabhupada isn't coming. He's coming, he's gonna stay in in, in Chicago. And I said, no, he promised me he was coming to Philadelphia. We made the arrangements and that's what he said he was going to do. And they said, well, you know, you better think twice because Tamal Krishna wants him to stay and you know how powerful Tamal Krishna is. (laughs) And I just said, well, you know, Prabhupada made a promise. I just, he, he's going to come. And they were shocked that Prabhupada walked away from all of that and came to the Ratha Yatra in Philadelphia where we, we had a really, really wonderful Ratha Yatra. And he said that the cart there was the most beautiful cart in his and and so on. So I was try, trying, to, try, trying to find out you know, how I got this letter from Prabhupada And I only found out later from Satsuru Maharaj, who at that time was his secretary. And he said that when when Prabhupada had sent out the message, letter to all of us to stop the political preaching, uh, other people who were in that party were writing back and say, well Prabhupada, can we do it this way and maybe we can do this and maybe we can do that. And it was kind of giving him a headache that everybody was wanted to do different things. When he got my letter where I just said we've stopped all the political preaching, Prabhupada was so happy. <laughs> and he saw, he said, he said, yeah. And then he saw the the picture of the He says, yes, he said, this is our business. <laughs> he said, you know, this is what we should be so he was really happy. So just by my by, by being submissive like that and just doing what he said and just, uh, and I, I had good training. My, my father was a, a, a career officer in the United States Army. So p- the pious part of my background is I was learned to say, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always addressed my father as sir. You know, I mean, I was just trained that way, uh, and, uh, and and so it really paid off when it when it came to this. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Śrīla Prabhupāda Brahmātā, ki yeah.
0: hi, Krishna. So I know you didn't want this session to stop, but. Uh, Breakfast has been turned into brunch <laughs> uh, because there won't be any lunch <laughs> <laughs> so the, and the brunch time is 10.35 to 11, 12 o'clock 11.30 yeah okay so t- go take your Prashad and get ready for ratha that's starting at 12 o'clock sharp Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Hare Krishna, all glories to Srila Prabhupada.